3: Everybody, welcome back to another edition of Football 24-7. I'm here with John McMullen, and this is Jacob Sports. We appreciate you guys. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you guys remain engaged in the content. So much to talk about, so little time. So let's just hop right into it, John. The obvious news of the day: the Philadelphia Eagles decided to part ways with Darius Slay. Can you please give us the 411 on that update?
4: Yeah, well, it's not official yet. So, obviously, Darius said goodbye uh, earlier today. His wife said goodbye to Philadelphia earlier today. The Eagles have not made it official uh, yet. And evidently, Darius is out there getting fans' hopes up. Um, But all indications, NFL source, uh, that was the plan. And the Eagles are going to move on with the post-June 1st designation. Nothing's official till it's official. Um, so we'll continue to monitor that. And, you know, minutes ago, the Eagles were able to bring back Fletcher Cox on a one year deal for $10 million. So you know, a bit of a hometown discount for the Eagles and Fletcher Cox. And it, I think it was more important, especially after losing Jayvon Hargrave, because it would have been difficult to replace them both. Now the Eagles at least have that one defensive tackle that can sort of play three technique, four eye, and be pretty successful. Uh, So Fletcher Cox uh, back in the fold. Uh, Darius Slay, you know, $26 million cap number. That was the issue. Uh, Eagles had to get it down. Darius, 32 years old, final year of his contract, still playing at a Pro Bowl level, wanted an extension at a similar number. Remember, he's making $16, $17 million. The Eagles just re-signed James Bradbury. So to pay two cornerbacks, top-of-the-market value, that was always going to be really, really difficult. But, yeah, doors sliver, sliver but door open because Slay's out there on Twitter. Uh, you know, saying you never know to some fans, um, but I doubt it.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, the uh it's funny. It kind of reminds me of the Fletcher Cox situation last last season when he cut him and he brought him back. But I'm not sure if that's a a similar situation. Um, I think Darius Slate is still trying to be paid like a top tier corner. And you know, don't get me wrong, Darius Slate is still, in my opinion, I think Darius Slate is still a top 10 corner in this NFL. Um, but he's definitely starting to fall down that ladder, um, mainly just because of age. And that's just the reality of the situation. But um try, you know, try to walk us through exactly what went wrong between the Philadelphia Eagles and Darius Slade. Why couldn't they work this thing out? Why couldn't this thing get done behind closed doors without social media and so on and so forth getting involved?
4: Well, it's it's difficult. You have to make difficult decisions. I mean, I you know the old adage in really sports, not just the NFL is you'd rather give up on a player a year early than a year late. So basically slave wants a two year extension on top of this year at 16 million, $17 million a year. And I think the Eagles are fine paying them for this year, as long as they can get that cap number down, the cap number is 26, um, if they could have done that, the Eagles would have said, "Let's run it back," even with the two big numbers at the cornerback position. Uh, but Slay's not going to do that without an extension. The Eagles um, don't want to pay a 34-year-old cornerback 16, 17 million dollars a year. At that point, you know it's very unlikely he's going to continue to play at the level he's playing at right now. So. Better to give up a year too early than a year too late is 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 the axiom. Now, you look at Fletcher Cox and say he's thirty two. Why is he back? Well, he's back on a one year deal for ten million, which is less than a one year deal for fourteen million. Brandon Graham is back on a one year deal for six million, and that's a a pay cut from what he was making last year. Um, Jason Kelsey got a little bit of a raise. But you know he's staying staying, uh, playing at an all-pro level, so it's always you know each each situation is different. The Eagles would have had no problem paying Darius Slay his seventeen and a half million dollars this year, but they had to get the cap number down, um, and he wouldn't do that without the extension, and that's where you get your logger sort of loggerheads. So
3: you said he wouldn't get that. He wouldn't do that. He wouldn't restructure without the without the extension. So does that imply that if the Eagles would have restructured his deal, he would have lost lev- leverage in the situation, correct?
4: No, it's not necessarily about leverage. You never want to go into a lame duck. See, there's only two reasons players go into lame duck seasons, um, and this would have been a lame duck season. For Darius, which means the one-year-left end of a contract. You, you do that if you have to, and you're not uh, a, a star player, number one. Or number two, sort of what happened to James Bradbury last year, you're a salary cap casualty somewhere else. Uh, you got to sign a lower contract than what you had, but you want to get right back on the market. So you sign a prove-it deal. Well, Slay's not doing either of those things because he's a Pro Bowl corner. As you mentioned, he's still a top 10 corner in this league. He's not going to be a lame duck. Uh, he's not going to uh, sign for a prove-it deal at this stage, playing it the way he's playing, and rightfully so. Now, that's why the Eagles gave Drew Rosenhaus permission uh, to go seek a trade, which is really... That's how it was worded. It's really not seek a trade is so much. All right, see what his market is. Go talk to other teams because the Eagles are thinking most other teams, it's calculated gamble, but they're thinking most other teams are are like them. You don't want to pay a 32-year-old cornerback $17, 18000000 million. That's not how you do business in this particular league. And that was the Eagles feeling strategy. They couldn't work things out. Um, As things are scheduled now, uh, he's set to be released. We'll see if that comes to fruition.
3: Yeah. And it also doesn't make it any easier when you see a guy like Stefan Gilmore, a former defensive player of the year, a former all-pro himself get traded from the Colts and his contract is significantly lesser than Adarius. Like I think, he has a base salary of maybe seven or eight million.
4: Well, that's a- why he's easier to trade.
3: Exactly. That's my point. So I think that's that's the situation where the Philadelphia Eagles kind of struggled. It's hard to trade that $17 million contract. And when you think about the fact that his contract was still uh Stefan Gilmore's contract was so tradable and they only got a fifth-round pick for him, that begs the question: what could the Eagles have gotten for Darius Slay with the 17 million dollar contract? That complicates things even more. <clears throat>
4: Yeah, probably not much, and that's the problem. See, here's the here's the deal: if the Eagles the Eagles plan on cutting Darius Slay with a post June first designation, and what exactly
3: what does that mean? You know, for the uh, layman,
4: that means you can split the dead money over two seasons, and and what it means for Slay's contract is is basically. Um, you're you're saving 17 and a half million against the cap of that 26 million, and you're getting 8.6 or somewhere around that range dead money. That's post-June first. Now, if you just cut them today and said we're done with them, uh, and didn't put the post-June first, everything accelerates <clears throat> into this year's cap, and you're only saving 3.7 million and you have 22-plus million of dead money. Same with a trade. So, in other words, if they trade Darius Slay today, they would still be taking that hit, that dead money hit, on their cap.
3: So, so if million. they get
4: – yeah. So, if they get – not 26, 22. 22 but if did. they get um a six-round pick, a seventh round pick. Would you rather have that? Or would you rather just cut them post June 1st and get 17 and a half million against the cap? That's what the Eagles are saying. They'd rather have that 17 and a half million on June 1st than a sixth or seventh round pick.
3: Hey, it's about all about the business. You know, it's so funny, right? James Bradbury got this really decent contract from the Philadelphia Eagles and, You know, a lot of people say, you know, James Bradbury had the better season between him and Darius Slay. And sure, Darius Slay, his play kind of tapered off towards the end. I think you like what you like to call it is a a regression to the mean. Um, It's kind of hard to play at that level that he played at in the first half of the season, continuously over a 17-game span. You'd go into the playoffs, make that a 20-game span, right? It's kind of hard to maintain that level of play, especially at the age of 32. Now, the reason I mentioned James Bradbury is because James Bradbury is a player who isn't really known for his man-to-man ability, isn't really known for his speed, but he's known for his savviness. He's known, he's known for his ability to understand route running and leverage, and he's just an extremely intelligent corner. Um, and that translates well, especially especially as you begin to age. Um, let's be honest about this. James Bradbury's success was closely related to Darius Slade's success. And a guy like James Bradbury, who didn't really have to defend – too many number one receivers, or if at all, last season. He's coming into the season with a new contract, and there's a lot of pressure on that guy now. It all depends if the Eagles go and get another corner in the draft, but still, James Bradbury will be the veteran in the room, and he may be expected to defend the number one receiver on any given Sunday. How do you feel about that um, for James Bradbury, knowing what we know about his 2022 campaign and how he mainly spent most of his time on the number two wide receivers?
4: I, I, I don't think that's necessarily true. There were small okay. situations, most notably Justin Jefferson, where the Eagles, um, you know, kind of let Slay handle him. And it was uh, very successful. And I think everybody was excited about that game and rightfully so. But, you know, they were also letting him play that day. And, and Slay, joked, you know, you know, could have had three, four interceptions. You also could have had four penalties if it were a different uh uh a different officiating staff. So very rarely, you know, arguably Jefferson's the best receiver in football. That's why they went that route. Very rarely did the Eagles travel uh cornerbacks because they play, you know, mainly quarters, uh cover. Cover six, cover two, mainly zone coverage. Um, and in the Super Bowl, when they went away from that, they weren't very uh, successful. Um, so I don't, I don't think you're going to have a ton of traveling uh, with the receiver, uh, with the so-called number one receiver. They're still going to play the same. The still playing with
3: Darius Slay. And sorry to cut you off, John, but. You know, I have to you know make note of this. Although what you're saying is very true, they didn't do if any at all traveling uh, in twenty in the 2022 season. But still, playing with Darius Slay, playing with CJ Gardner Johnson, playing with that very potent pass or the pass rush that Philadelphia Eagles have, that makes James Barrett jobs easier, does it not?
4: Well, yeah, I mean, if Jonathan Gannon would would tell you every week, you know, rush and cover, cover and rush. You know, if you get a big rush, it, it makes things easier for a corner, you know, or if you guys, the corners lock people down, it makes it easier for the pass rush. It, it, it sort of works both ways. Obviously the Eagles had a tremendous pass rush. Uh, so that certainly helped the coverage and they were the number one pass defense in the NFL. Um, all three corners played well. I don't, I don't, James played very well, very well. I agree. Um Avante played very well when he was out there. Darius played very well. Um it's Arguably the best trio in the league. Um, It's just really hard to pay two corners. I mean, Slay, I think is, let me look it up really quick. Number eight, um, when it came to contracts, eighth highest in the NFL. And now you have Bradbury, who I believe was 17th. That's a lot of money for cornerbacks. Um, you can pay one, but you probably can't pay the other. And most of us, including me, thought, all right, well, they're going to run things out with Slay and let Bradbury walk. But now they're going to, get Bradbury back, and let Slay walk. So either way, you weren't paying two. You only have a certain amount of assets and and finances, and you have to allocate it, and it's hard to pay corners, two corners, top 20 level. It's very very
3: difficult. Because they paid Bradbury and they decided to move on from Slay, it begs the question which corner they valued more. Clearly they gave the money to Bradbury, but I understand there's an age difference between the two. James Bradbury, 29. He'll be 30 when the season actually starts. Um, Dare say it's 32 going on 33 come January 1st of 2024. But I have to ask you, was this decision to commit to Bradbury and not commit more money to Slay? Was this decision strictly about age or was it something more?
4: Um. Mainly about age, um, but not strictly about age. Um, As I said, it's about more than 2023. Um, You know, Slay wanted an extension. So you're not talking 17 and a half million in 2023. He wanted 17 and a half million and another, maybe comes down to 15 million. Maybe that's the compromise for the age say, for another two years, all of a sudden, you know, that's 34, 35-year-old cornerback. Um, so, I, I get it from both sides. I get it from Slay's standpoint. He's still playing at a high level. Uh, doesn't want a lame duck year. That's his leverage. Uh, he knows the Eagles want to get the cap number down. Um, and He's willing to do that, but only if he gets an extension. So that was his leverage. And from the Eagles' perspective, they're like, we love you. We want you back. You're our guy. You're a team captain, but we need to get that cap number down. You know, let's give you all the money up front. Let's put a couple voidable years back on there, and then we'll talk again next year was probably what the Eagles uh, came back with and he said no he and his agent said no thinking they can get similar money somewhere else and we'll see if they can
3: no you you know you bring up a good point when you put it from that perspective i don't think anyone in any business would want to enter their final year of their contract with a company or their employer not knowing what their future holds and um like You said, I, I can't really. I, I'm not mad at Darius Slay. I'm, a, I'm always about a player getting their money, especially in the NFL, a league that's not forgiving. I'm always about a player getting their money. So, um, you can't really get too mad about Darius Slay, um, wanting to ask for more money, especially when the proofs in the pudding has come off a Pro Bowl season. It's kind of hard to argue against a guy like that, right?
4: Yeah, and there's different phases. Like we all know, Brandon Graham and Fletcher Cox are now on. That base of their career where they're year to year. So they're more accepting. It wasn't, Fletcher was not happy when he got put on that and got cut last year and came back for 14 million, which is still a big number. Now he's down to 10 minute million. As I said, Brandon is now down to 6 million. But Fletcher's 32. Brandon's going to be 35. It's what happens. 30 is a dirty word in this league, Tom dirty word.
3: It's funny. I'm 28 and uh, I always say to people, man, I'm I'm around the corner from 30 and it scares me And you know, in just in everyday life. So I, I, I totally understand uh, what you mean by that. I'd
4: love um, to be 30.
3: <laughs> you know, uh bringing Fletcher Cox back means more right than just having a friendly cap number, right? Um I think it was imperative for him to come back to have another year with Jordan Davis cuz this is going to be a big year for Jordan Davis. Um can you speak on uh just the overall impact of having a guy like Fletcher Cox back in the room, along with BG, right? That defensive line can definitely still use the veteran leadership.
4: Yeah. I mean, they, you know, the Eagles play, you know, the multiple fronts, the 50 front, the 40 front in the fifties, where you have the nose tackle, where you have Jordan Davis. So the 40 front, whether it's three technique, four eye technique, um, that was Fletcher and Javon. That's their role, um, you know, Linball was a nose tackle. And Dominican Sue, you know, three technique, four eyes. So they're different positions. Um, and you don't want to lose both Jay Bond and, and Fletcher Cox. You needed one of them back. Um, you know, hopefully Milton Williams can step up and play more reps. But getting Fletcher back is bigger than people realize because – you know they knew they weren't getting Javon back because Javon was going to cash in, and he did. He got twenty one million a year, and I can't blame the Eagles from walking away from that. But
3: uh, yeah, I can't blame him from walking towards it. You know what yeah.
4: I mean? <laughs> oh no, hell no. Um, but you know the Eagles are disciplined. uh, But to replace two of those guys, um, and it's weird because Fletcher is one of the best players best defensive players in this franchise's history history but for whatever reason um there's a lot of people that you know want to move on why do you think I that is because
3: again like you said he Fletcher Cox has given the Philadelphia Eagles a lot of good years he was a key contributor on that Super Bowl, um, I, I, the Super I, Bowl, I, Bowl I
4: never though there's certain guys the fan base latches on to and there's certain guys they don't, um, and I don't. Uh, you know they love Fletcher when Fletcher was, you know, the second best defensive tackle in football, uh, but now that he's just a, a good player, I guess it's because of the way he he did play at his apex when he was great, and he's not that pet player anymore. I don't know. I guess. Do, do you think?
3: I want to try to take it a step further, with you, uh, take it a step further with you when it comes to Fletcher's career, because some would say Fletcher could have been better, could have been more in shape, uh, could have just been more, you know, could have been as elite as an Aaron Donald. Um, granted, they played a the position a little differently. Well, that's just silly.
4: That's it. That's a. I'm sorry to cut you off. No, you no, know, you're mean, fine. You're I mean,
3: fine. I'm, I'm kind of winding you up right now.
4: <laughs> Aaron Donald is one of the greatest defensive players who ever lived. Uh and certainly Uh, The, you know, he's right there with J.J. Watt when you talk about defensive players with this generation, who's the best, you know, he's going to the Hall of Fame first ballot Hall of Famer Fletcher is and 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 by the way, they're different players Aaron's very undersized very quick uh, traditional three technique Fletcher's a lot bigger. He can play that. He's he can play different. He can play four I. He can play five. He has with Chip Kelly, um, a little bit more versatile, if anything, because of his size. Where Aaron has to play, sort of three technique to be effective, um. But you know we're talking about uh, Fletcher made the 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 all decade team um in in the 2010s we're talking about all pros i i don't know four all pros i gotta look it up six pro bowls all decade he might go to the hall of fame do people realize that when you when you when you make an all-decade team you're in the conversation he's going to be a finalist to be a hall of famer uh whether he gets over the hump that's up to paul domowitz and Ira Kaufman and uh, Clark Judge and, and D Orlando Ledbetter. We've had so many Hall of Fame voters on, on, um, on Berth 365 and we'll continue to have those guys. And I'll ask him about... He is going to be a finalist to go into the Hall of Fame. I don't know if people realize that. Um, he was a great, great player. He's still a solid player and I don't know why. I think a lot of people recognize that, but I think a lot of people don't recognize that.
3: Yeah. You know, he's a three-time second team, all pro one time, first team. And you know, you're right. Ultimately Fletch is one of those guys that you want to have on your line of scrimmage, regardless of how you see it. And his career definitely should be appreciated when you think about the, when you think about it in totality. But, um, You said something really interesting earlier, just how and we talked about this, how disciplined the Philadelphia Eagles are. Sometimes it can be seen as a stubborn trait, but for the most part, they're very disciplined. And it's worked for them when you really think about uh, the type of success they've had, Um, at least, you know, uh, since you've been covering the Eagles. Um, And even prior to you covering the Eagles, they prioritized the trenches. And you, you actually see that same narrative holding true through this phase of free agency. Kelsey came back. BG came back. Butcher Cox, and then you have J- Brad Bradbury getting his contract, but then you still have CJ still waiting in the Raptors as a free agent, Slay being cut. You know, that love, that discipline to the trenches is still holding true. Do you think that level of discipline is going to continue to, especially knowing they need a corner in this draft? Do you think they may prioritize the trenches in the first round? Do you think they may prioritize the corner in the first round? Or, or does it strictly depend on best mm. available?
4: Uh, it, it strictly depends on best available. You know, Jalen Carter's taking some big hits today. I don't even know if he'll be on the board because of the the trouble that he got into um, down in Georgia. But we'll see how that shakes out. Evidently, he was 10 pounds overweight. He didn't look great at, at, at Georgia's pro day. Um, so he's spalling. Um, really talented kid, obviously. Um, the corners, you know, I think a lot of people don't know the year of the Eagles drafted. Um, Devontae Smith, they were going to take JC Horn, yeah, uh, and they were going to take Patrick Sertan Horn first, Sertan second, DeBonte third. And once Horn and Sertan came off the board. Um, the Eagles shifted to Devontae, Had to trade up to get him. He was sort of the last guy they wanted, and they started that process at number twelve, and they traded up it to number ten to get him. And that was because Horn and Sertan went bang bang off the board back to back. So a lot of these tropes that people say the Eagles haven't taken a cornerback in in twenty years. Well, that's because. You know, those guys, there are other teams, you know, there's 32 teams drafting. So sometimes you like a guy. Eagles wanted to draft Christian McCaffrey. That would have blown people's minds. The Eagles taking a running back in the first round of the draft in 2017. They would have taken a running back in the first round of the draft. Now Christian didn't get anywhere near number 14, but they were going to take him. Um, and that would have blown out the whole running back. It's always about the player. But if it's even, and how Howie said this last year in the second round with Cam Juergens, Nicobe Dean, they were relatively even, they're taking the linemen. Always. So in other words, if Dom DeSandro says, yeah, Jalen Carter just, you know, He's a good kid. He just made a mistake, blah, blah, blah. Jeffrey Lurie says, yeah, we can draft him. Um, you know, he gets back in shape, whatever he does, what he has to do. And the Eagles have a similar grade with him and Gonzalez and Witherspoon. They're taking the defensive linemen. Um, So that's, you know, if it's even, they're taking the lineman if it's not even they'll take the cornerback they'll take the wide receiver they'll take even the running back very rarely even a linebacker very rarely it would have to be a unique player like Christian McCaffrey but it's always about the player
3: so essentially, the Eagles have always just been victims of the board falling the way it has. It's not like they've avoided taking corners. It's not like well, they the taking a
4: victim sp- of the board. I mean, you like players and you can't get, you, you know, it's common sense. But right? if you
3: don't like them enough to trade up, then you're going to obviously stay where you are.
4: Yeah. Well, you also need, I think people assume, all right, trade up, trade down. Sometimes you want to trade up, you can't trade up because nobody wants to trade down. Sometimes you want to trade down. You can't because no, nobody wants to trade up to your spot. I think the assumption is by too many bands, oh, well, they ju- they'll just trade out of 30. Well, they probably want to trade out of 30. Can they trade out of 30? It's another conversation. If a team doesn't want to come up, takes always takes two to tango. And there's always players, players ahead. I mean, look at the the New York Giants um, uh, when the Eagles draft. The Eagles specifically went ahead of the Giants because they knew the Giants were going to take Devontae Smith. Um, And then the Giants traded down, made a big mistake with Kadarius Toney, um, and eventually traded him. You know, Eagles did it to Houston. Uh, During the Andre Dillard draft, Houston was sitting there chomping at the bit to take Andre Dillard. All of a sudden, the Eagles go up, draft him, and they're like, oh, happens all the time.
3: So as we begin to close the show, John, uh, once again, I appreciate the work you do, man. You 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 provide a lot of insight. And we also appreciate you guys for staying locked in on the content and staying engaged. Make sure you smash that like button. Make sure you're subscribed to Jacob Sports. And if you want more from John McMullen, check him out on jacobsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B sports.com. There you'll find writing from him, uh, Paul Diamond, which Joe sent to the Quito, those guys doing an amazing job covering the NFL and covering your Philadelphia Eagles. Um, as we begin to close the show, John, like I mentioned, have you heard any updates any movement on CJ Garner Johnson's market right now?
4: Um I, I think and I predicted it on the show, you know, I think he'll he'll be back uh with the Eagles. It's very clear at this stage that that he thought he was getting be able to get him back. I think at a relatively cost-effective price. okay, um, And that's a positive because that's a player the Eagles have wanted back, probably didn't think they could get back, um, but the market's not there. I mean, it, 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 it there, there's no way. We're sitting here day three now. If the Jayvon Hargrave contract was there, the safety version of that, you know, there's no haggling. You sign it and you go. That deal's not there for CJ.
3: Yeah, it's either teams want to pay for that elite corner, as in uh, Jesse Bates. Because remember, Jesse Bates, he has a, a a longer resume of playing that safety position at a high level. Whereas though CJ Garner-Johnson, he mainly spent time as a nickel um, in the NFL. And then he made that transition to safety only last year. And you only saw him in 12 games for the most part. Um, granted, he was productive. But I think you mentioned it um, on Birds 365, although he made a lot of splash plays. He's a playmaker. um, He's a physical guy. He was still ranked. Just just barely, barely a top 50 safety in the NFL, according to pro football focus. So, you know, you know, do with that what you will, Eagles fans. But the fact that C.J. Garner Johnson is still on the market right now. It says a lot. The fact that the Raiders wanted to, were willing to pay Marcus Epps six million dollars and skip overseas to Garner Johnson, knowing he's a better talent. The fact that they showed a willingness to want to go for the cheaper guy and the lesser talented guy, and then you saw Bates get his contract. It's kind of hard for those guys that's in between. It's either it's either you get the money if you're the elite guy, or you got to settle for less on the dollar if you're not the elite guy.
4: Yeah. And, you know, remember all teams aren't in the same position. Like if you're the Chicago bears and you're blush with salary cap space, you know, you can pay, maybe the Raiders are on more of a budget, you know, uh, Juan Thornhill just signed with Cleveland. So they were looking for a safety uh, gave him three years, 21 million. So, $7 million a year, but more importantly for C.J., that's another team looking for safety that made their decision, and it's not C.J. Gardner-Johnson. Um, As everything, each move happens, it's more and more likely the Eagles are going to get back C.J. Gardner-Johnson, probably at a number that the Eagles are very happy with. Yeah, that was my CJ.
3: next question. What number do you think that is right now? I know I asked you what – What's something you feel comfortable with but at this point now when we know about the safety market and how it's been moving what do you think is the number that potentially CJ Garner Johnson would come you know come i keep back, going do down
4: i i said oh, you said 10. you said
3: 11 right or 12 right
4: i said i started at 11 uh, i went down to 10 now i think you're in seven figures i think you're at 8 or 9 wow um, you know and we'll see it only takes one, but again, this deep into it, and it's, you know, there aren't, there you know, Orlando Brown hasn't signed, unless I missed it this same, no, he, no, he's still
3: a free agent, I believe, yeah.
4: And and CJ's probably number one or number two. Those are the guys that were to get to get big money deals that haven't gotten big money deals. It, that that means it's not there at this point. It, it teams that go after top of the market guys, they're off quickly, and it's not a difficult decision. There's not three teams saying we'll give you 14 million CJ, and he's deciding between three teams. The money isn't there. It's and it's only going to keep coming down uh, the longer it goes.
3: So knowing what we know, could that prompt CJ Garner Johnson to maybe ask for a shorter deal so he can re up later on? Maybe he, maybe he'll take a three year deal, two year deal so he can re up
4: Yeah, when when
3: his market probably gets, when his market is probably a little better.
4: It's what a lot of players are doing, sign two or three year deals and get back to the market. A lot of younger players and CJ's in that category. Uh, So, if he if he comes back on a two year deal, he can get back on the market at twenty seven, twenty eight, and maybe get another big deal, um, even bigger. Because man, people are saying give him the franchise tag. Franchise tag is fourteen point four six at safety. You're not getting close to that. If he gets close to that, I will be shocked at this point.
3: You know. I have one more question for you, because I'm just I'm I'm just so fascinated by the chess match that's played in the offseason. A lot of fans become so enamored with the chess match on the field. But I feel like the bigger game, the larger game is being played in the you know, in the you know, in the uh, in the suites, in the boxes. Right. We know with the owners and and the GMs. And it's so fascinating to me to watch his market evolve and morph the way it has and just see how these owners and GMs. Are manipulating situations in the most business savvy way possible. Like, not first, first you decide not to franchise tag CJ Garner Johnson. You don't get too eager. You don't panic because there's there's a human element involved in all this. We talk about it all the time, John. People forget about that human element in this. It's not just simple as pressing a button and oh, you sign a guy. Oh, you resign a guy. Oh, it's oh you cut. It's, it's not. It's not Madden. There's a human element involved in this thing and for Harvey Roseman and those guys to be able to remain disciplined at the franchise tag deadline not franchise tag them, allow the market to play out the way it is and it, and still still you were able to resign James Bradbury still you were able to bring back BG Kelsey Fletcher Cox and CJ Garner Johnson most likely based off everything we know has a strong chance of coming back to Philly on a cheaper number than what he expected this chess match is honestly a spectacle
4: yeah, I mean, the Eagles are really good at it. That's what how, one of Howie's strengths is sort of valuation of the market, understanding where everybody fits in. That doesn't mean he gets it right all the time. But I would say, you know, his two strengths are as a GM are valuation, understanding where people fit, uh, both not only when it comes to draft picks, but also money. And, and what we're talking about, where they're going to land uh, on the spectrum, and and then contingencies, I would say. I, mean, I always go back to wide receiver last year. Uh, Eagles wanted to trade for Calvin Ridley. Didn't work out because he pulled out a gambling app and got suspended. Um, then they wanted to sign Christian Kirk, but they're very disciplined. Jacksonville overpaid. At the time, actually, Christian had a very good season for him. They're very happy with it. The Eagles said, Godspeed, go go, sign the deal. Um, then it was Robert Woods. And Robert decided for whatever reason, uh, he wanted to go to Tennessee. Didn't work out there. Got cut. Now he's in Houston. Then it was Allen Robinson. And he wanted to go play for the Super Bowl champions, the Rams at the time. Even worked out worse for him. And after only after all of that, failure, 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 the contingency was A.J. Brown on draft night.
3: (laughs) That's a hell of a parachute, I'll tell you that.
4: Exactly. Even at safety, they wanted Marcus Williams. Um, But again, discipline. Baltimore paid more than they were willing to go. Then it was Honey Badger. There was a third one, I forget, off the top of my head. Um, and then August 30th, they still needed a safety and they made the trade for CJ Gardner Johnson. He's very good with contingencies. A lot of GMs go, damn, I didn't get my guy. I'm screwed. Let's go with who we have, you know, cross our fingers. How he's always got layered plans in place. Um, and that's why, you know, the first couple days, it's like they got Bradbury in June. They got Gardner Johnson in on August 30th. They got they got Lindball Joseph in November. I mean, you gotta learn from history.
3: Man, you know, say what you want about Harry Roseman, man. His you know, his level of discipline is uncanny, and you've covered this game for a long time, John. Um, has there ever been a team or a GM that you've seen operate in this way that with, with, with such discipline, with such poise, you know, is, well, you there, know, any, it, is there anybody yeah. doing it on his level right now at the GM spot? Is, have you ever covered a guy, covered a team, seen anywhere that with knowing, seeing a guy just be this disciplined in their philosophies and how they want to build their team and just in deal making and so on and so forth? Is there anybody that you've seen remain, have this level of discipline and poise?
4: No, but, you know, that's not Howie Roseman. That's Jeffrey Lurie.
3: Okay, um, break that down for me, please, because Jeffrey Lurie, he's not necessarily the football guy.
4: But but he allows Howie Roseman to do that. See, most GMs are, are GMing for their jobs, so they can't be patient like Howie. Um, you know, if they make glaring mistakes, they're going to get fired. Um, you know, how he's entrenched because Jeffrey trusts him and Jeffrey gives him the long leash. Most, you know, most GMs don't get to hire multiple coaches, for instance. You know, um, you know, Jody on this show said many times, if you're going to fire Doug Peterson, you should have fired Howie Roseman. Well, it doesn't work that way in Philadelphia, it works that way everywhere else. Guys get fired. So, you know, Howie can take a luxury pick like Jalen Hurts or Cam Jurgens or N'Kobe Dean. You know, other GMs might want to take a player, but they can't take a player because they got to get a player on the field at a position of need. Um, Jeffrey Lurie is a big part of... Of Howie Roseman's success because he's not GMing for his job. He can think about things long term. Wow,
3: you guys heard it here first, man. This is this is this is going to be and still will be an eventful all season. Fletcher Cox is back, BGS back, Kelsey's back, James Bradbury is back. Slay is gone for now, but we'll see how to how that thing pans out. I think that's a pretty much a foregone conclusion, but we'll see how it pans out. Still, uh, C.J. Garner Johnson is still on the market. So listen, a lot of stolen have still yet to be unturned. We still have the draft. Uh we still have everything after June 1st. We still you know, Harry Roseman made a lot of his moves in August. So Eagles fans, remain calm, remain poised, remain disciplined like your general manager Harry Roseman. It ain't easy, but it is possible. John, I appreciate you so much man, uh the way you discuss the game, the way you break down the game, your insight uh, your experience. Um, it's something to admire, and I really appreciate the hard work you do. Uh, it never goes unnoticed, especially with me. Um, you guys have been locked in on football 24-7 with John McMullen. I was your humble host, Tone DeShills II. This is J sports Sports. Smash that like button, remain engaged. Make sure you guys are subscribed to the channel. And if you want more from John McMullen, check him out on JKIbsports.com. That's J-A-K-I-B-Sports.com. There you'll find his writing along with Paul Domwich and Uh, our guy Joe Laquito. they all do great work so smash that like button don't go anywhere you guys want love stay humble stay healthy and most importantly stay hungry take care
2: go for the polls and the pools go for the ooze and the oz. go for the bubbles and the bubbly go for the story And the stories. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com.